Hello. This is me. This is my um this is this is my first episode. So welcome. Um I mean I know this is just the usual waffle it'll be. Um but this is me in my little room, my little boudoir, festering away in my own stench in my onesie, as is my want. Um so how's your week been? Well I'll tell you, I've got a call out for you lot to get in touch with me and um had a few emails from people oh shut up this is like my own radio show isn't it i feel like lisa tarbuck i bloody love lisa tarbuck i'll get to those in a minute so let me just tell you about my week well i in comedy it doesn't it doesn't always go the way that you think it's gonna go you can't be brilliant all the time and i have to be honest with you people oh well i've had a rough week i've had i think i don't know whether i'm just consumed by wedding details or which we'll get to in a minute I don't know whether I'm consumed by well not doing Edinburgh should I do Edinburgh no I don't think I will do Edinburgh well I'm definitely not doing Edinburgh but why am I not doing Edinburgh because I can't afford it and I'm getting married and that is expensive oh and also so many topics so there's money it's money how do people afford things these days I don't know we're in a cost of living crisis so with that in mind, we decide to get married. Okay, just to make life difficult. We're not, we, we don't like an easy life. We like to just make things as difficult for ourselves as possible. Why not? So we didn't go to Edinburgh because we just thought we'd have a year off. And because that can cost up to like maybe 12, 14,000 pounds sometimes if you do it fancy schmancy. I know nobody believes that you actually have to pay you have to pay to do Edinburgh. You do not get paid to do Edinburgh. Bloody ridiculous. Anyway, that aside, so we decided that we weren't going to do Edinburgh. Then he bloody well proposed and now we're getting married. He wants to get married before we're 60. Absolutely fine. When's he 60? Next year. Right. Good. Oh, I'll tell you. It's all bloody go. I think that's just been on my mind anyway. Um, and then I've had a, a series of gigs last week where I just, I've got to be honest, I don't think I was giving it my best. Or I thought I was funny, but the audiences just didn't think I was funny. I had three days in a row of that where I was, well, quite frankly, very poor. And then suddenly you start to lose your confidence a bit. And then and then you go to the next gig and you think, well, this is going to be dreadful as well. And because you, I'm a self-sabotager, well, I tell you. I talked myself out of the gig before I did the gig. I went to the gig and the gig happened. And then I got back in the car and I drove all the way back from London, feeling very disappointed in myself. However, the GC was driving. I was patchworking like a bastard and making my own bunting for the wedding. I'll show you it if you like. Not now because it's not here, but I've got loads of... um, a bit of a clear out of like old clothes and things um that I wasn't wearing because um I lost weight in the pandemic and then I met the GC and then I ate everything inside because I was really happy um and then I've had to get those old clothes back out of storage because I now cannot get in the clothes that I was wearing when I was thin bloody trauma in it so I'm now making patchwork bunting out of the clothes I'm now not wearing. And I'm, I have to say, I'm just thrilled that I kept the fat clothes. That's all I'm saying. Thrilled I, felt I kept the fat clothes. 
Oh, gosh. <gasps> Before I do this, right? I went to um had a driving experience day yesterday. Now, if you go on my Patreon, uh, you'll see the video of me um, driving a couple of the cars. Oh, my God. Amazing. Well, actually, you'll only get you'll only get the video of me driving a Dodge, which I will release. Well, I went on a driving experience yesterday. Oh, my Lord. Well, what a time to be alive. I have to say thank you to the people at PSR Driving Experiences who who invited me and the GC to go for the morning to go and drive some cars. Oh, I've had the time of my life. I now, if I if comedy doesn't work out, which judging by last week, it's not going to, I'm going to be a racing driver. That's what I've decided. I'm going to be a racing driver. I drove a Dukes of Hazard car um, like an absolute mother fucker. Um, I drove a, a Mustang, 1965 Mustang. Beautiful car. Oh, no powered steering. Wonderful to drive. I couldn't reach the pedals. So I was practically horizontal whilst trying to drive around a racetrack at two miles an hour, if that, uh, because I couldn't reach the pedals. And because I couldn't reach the pedals, I was laying flat practically um, and then very difficult to see over the steering. Anyway, that was a pleasure to drive. And actually, I was quite pleased that it went slowly because it's a unit of a car. And then what else? <gasps> I drove an Aston Martin. Oh, now... For those in the know, uh, they know about my obsession with James Bond. I love James Bond. I love everything about James Bond, apart from the Timothy Dalton, some of the Piers Brosnan years. Okay, I'm obsessed with James Bond. I love it. So, of course, when I saw on the list there was an Aston Martin, of course I'm going to bloody well drive an Aston Martin because it's, uh, it's the JB, isn't it? Which, incidentally, if you've not seen the last film... Furious, you can't kill James Bond. And also, despite what people are saying these days, James Bond cannot be a woman. Ian Fleming did not write the part of James Bond for a woman. Doctor Who, absolutely fine. You do what you do because the Doctor can can change and morph into whomever and whatever they want, but not James Bond. No. Well, I got caught out, didn't I, when I... Me and him went to um, the cinema to go and watch the, the latest James Bond film while I was fuming. We went on an early morning uh, viewing. I was absolutely fuming. I came out of that cinema and there were just queues of people, queues of people waiting to see the film. And I, I've got to be honest, I wasn't really in my right mind. I wasn't really thinking straight, really. But according to the GC... Apparently, it's not really the done thing to come out of the swing doors of a cinema shouting, you can't kill James Bond, to a queue of people that are waiting to go in to see the latest James Bond film. Sorry about that. But I really meant it. Anyway, what was I saying? Aston Martin. Oh, what a beautiful car. I don't know how old it was, but it was black. And it was lovely. And it was it had um, the gear sticky things on the steering wheel. Oh. What's that? Um, what's that um, thing that you can have, you know, when you're when you're in love with inanimate objects? 
well, if I had a penis, I would have put it straight up that Aston Martin's exhaust. I would have. I'd have made love, sweet, sweet love to that car if I could have. Beautiful. What an experience. And then I drove, no, I got driven around uh, the track, which is supposed to be three times, but they took me around five times just to shit me up. Um, a car called an Atom, which looks like an F1 racing car. And I have to say, I was warned that there was a chance I might shit myself. So I did take spare pants um, and I did put a sanitary towel on just in case uh, I pissed myself or the shock of it gave me a period. Which is quite rare, actually, because I'm practically dry down there. Anyway, uh, let me just talk you through this. Well, can I just say thank you so much for all of the people that have sent me in what they've been doing over their week. I'm thrilled that you um, attended to my request, okay, because we want to know what people are doing. And I'd like to say thank you, Karen Bull, for being the first person to message me straight away. Um, This was last week. She sent me this message. She said she'd had a crazy week. She's found a new house to live in. Oh, and she's hoping that the offer is accepted, right? And, well, she's moving all the way from Essex to Sunderland. I'm moving all the way from Essex to Sunderland. Oh, oh no, first property meant, but I'm not reading this properly, am I? Oh, as you know yourself, I do. The current market for renting is crazy. Well, it's a new place by the sea with a little bungalow. And I tell you what, Karen, can I just say, a change, as they say, is as good as a rest. Sometimes you just need to up sticks and just get the hell out of where you are and go and just have a new scene. And I wish you well. I've cocked up exactly what you were trying to say to me. All I've got from that is that you're moving and good for you. Do you know what? One year, like one year, like many, many moons ago, I just decided I'd had enough of where I was. I was living in Manchester. I'd had enough. I had a trumpet player bloody blowing his bloody watses morning, noon and night every day above me. Then he bought a piano that drove me insane. And then one day I just packed up all of my belongings, bunged it into storage, went off to the Edinburgh Festival and thought, well, I'll deal with that when I come home. And then reality struck when I got home because I didn't have anywhere to live. But anyway, it's all worked out fine. All worked out fine. I lived with a friend for a bit. Then I met the GC and everything's fine. What can I say? A change is as good as a rest. And Karen, I wish you well with your new move. Oh, she spent most of the time watching the telly. Well, good. Sometimes you just need to do that. Thank you, Karen. Now, for those of you that are aware of the work that um, I partaked that I did during the pandemic. Um, I did a few shows called The Playground online with Sarah Millican and Gary and various, various other wonderful comedians. Shared shared the emceeing with my good pal Sally, Sally Ann Haywood, who I also do a different podcast with called Spit or Swallow. Okay. And online, we met this wonderful man who lives in America. His name was Matt. And he really fully invested in that show. Every week he'd turn up like so many of you did turned up every week and was always good value and Matt's emailed me he said oh I'm so glad you asked because I'm so important and Matt you know what you still are because for those that are watching this on the video here's a cup with Matt's face on Matt was so pivotal in the playground that um 
that I made a, a mug with his face on it. Anyway, if you lot are very lucky, I might do the same for you. Glad you asked because I'm so important. Well, firstly, personal time is always required. So good for you. Thank you. You do need to have spend a bit of time loving yourself. Bird poo is good luck. Also, I've been told dogs are awesome and you're never a loser in our eyes. Stop it. Please let us send wedding gifts. Oh, do you know what you can send me? Just your love, Matt. Just your Matt. Love. <clears throat> and £50,000 to pay for it. No, 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 it's fine. It's possible. Ah, now. This is what Matt's been up to in his life in America. The America, yeah. I think he lives in California or did I? Florida or somewhere like that. Somewhere very exotic. He said, he's fostered another Great Dane over the weekend. Oh, and I'm still living on a cloud. Great Danes are beautiful dogs. I've got a friend called Gareth who's got a Great Dane called Isaac and he's such a stupid, stupid dog. He can't work out how to reverse around corners. He got wedged in my staircase once because he couldn't work out how to get out of the out of it. So he just sort of like did about a 48 point turn, just butting his head on the wall every time. And then his ass on the banister and his head on the wall and his ass on the banister. Mind you, we've all done that, haven't we? Oh, well, I want to know what the Great Dane is called. How wonderful. Please send pictures. Thank you. Uh, is eaten from the local chicken shop three times. Hmm. I mean, are you a protein fiend? Is this what this is? Do you eat the skin? That's what I want to know. Well, I can't. It's like eating a load of Hyamans. <gasps> Matt's purchased a motorbike. So I can go on trips with my kid. Oh, who is back to living from home, living from home or working from home? We don't know. Also, just to conclude Matt's email, uh, he says he may have had a wank. Well, thank you. Do you know what? I love that. And not the idea of because now I've got the vision of you, you know. Doing what you're doing in your personal time. Hopefully the dog wasn't there. Anyway, that's weird. But thank you. Um, I need to know the dog's name, please. You can't just tell me that you've got a dog and then not tell me the name or send me a photo. That's very churlish, Matt. But I do appreciate you getting in touch and please keep me posted on all of the above. Maybe not the wanking. Thank you. Uh, who else has been in touch? Jennifer. Oops. Jennifer Joelle White. Well, Jennifer. Greetings to you too. Congrats on the Patreon, she says. Well, thank you very much for anybody that's listening to this and they haven't joined my Patreon page. Well, how churlish and how foolish are you? You can go to www.patreon.com forward slash Lou Conran Comedian. Okay, thank you. Firstly, I'd like to thank you and all oh, and all those that participated in the Zoom playground gigs. Well, do you know what? It was as much... Um, of a lifeline for me as it was for you because it gave me a focus it gave me something to channel my idiotic brain to do um and without it I would have literally have gone absolutely insane because at the time I was living on my own um I only had my sweet sweet thoughts to occupy me and I mean you've heard me rambling on so the sweet sweet thoughts are not always that sweet now then, well, Jennifer's week's been so-so. And do you know what? I think it's probably the same as mine last week. Mine was so-so. 
But Jennifer's biggest challenge was trying to teach herself, oh, teach my cat to use a skateboard. Why have I not got pictures of this, Jennifer? You can't just say, it's like Matt with his great day and you can't just tell me this and not send me a bloody picture. I was trying to, oh, the backstory. Oh, she said I've her rear leg amputated last November after a nasty injection. Oh, oh, is this just a sarcoma? Oh, no. she's She has recovered well. But about 10 days ago, she developed a spine problem. This is just a roller coaster, Jennifer. Oh, no. Now she's lost the use of her front leg. So now I've got a paraplegic cat. Oh, Jennifer, this started off so positive. But I've got an appointment booked with a specialist to see if they can help her gain some of her mobility back. But for now, she mostly just flops around to get from A to B unless I carry her. So I've just had this brilliant idea to give her more mobility. Training her to use a skateboard. Oh, Jennifer. Oh, I think that's wonderful. I don't know what to do. Oh, I mean, between you and me, Jennifer, I am not the biggest fan of cats, right? But what you've done there... Oh, should have switched off my notifications. What you've done there is you've taken me on a roller coaster and now all of a sudden I feel like I have compassion for a cat, which is very rare. I don't think I've ever had compassion for a cat. And now I see what you've done. Oh, God, I'm going to have to keep rubbing in this HRT. Be trying to trying to get her to teach herself to sit on a skateboard so she can push herself around. Oh, God, I've got no clue how to teach a paraplegic cat to use a skateboard. So any advice would be welcome. Well, listen, there must be people out there that will be listening to this waffle, Jennifer, that have taught their own um, pets various techniques on how to um, get around if they're if they're immobile. Surely somebody out there. Well, I'm going to find you somebody, Jennifer. Oh, my God. I don't think I'm mentally stable enough for this. What have you done to me, Jennifer? Well, could I have some pictures, please? Is that if that's okay? And what was your cat called? I need to know these details. On a skateboard. Do you know when I lived in Brighton, there was a dog that used to go around on a skateboard. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't want to rub it in, but he did have four fully functioning legs. But even so, he trained himself to use a skateboard. So a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what we can call it, a skateboard for cats, a skateboard. Maybe if anybody lives in the Brighton area and they're aware of the dog on the skateboard, if it's still alive, because this was a long time ago. Louise, you're making this grim. But if anybody is aware of that dog, please get in touch with me and so we can find out who who trained it and then we can pass this on to Jennifer. Oh, what an Do you know, I don't think we can better that. But we'll give it a go. Jennifer, I want to be kept abreast, please. Thank you. And finally, Vicky. Vicky Leopold, thank you. The pork-scratching, stealing queen of hearts. She's been very average. She's had a heavy dose of the NHS because it's got no staff. Oh, God, I don't know how you do what you do. Would you ever consider going into veterinary things and maybe helping a lady called Jennifer training a cat to use a skateboard? 
just saying. She changed, this is Vicky, she changed jobs a couple of months ago within a small team. And now there's seven of us when I started. Two got moved to a different team within the same department. And I've lost another one as she's got another job and put that together with annual leave and sickness. There's just a meager two of us for five wards. And they're all complex cases. Vicky, we're only halfway through the week and I'm already delirious. Well, do you know what? There's me moaning about my dreadful week about I couldn't make people laugh and you're having to deal with this. Well, I'm very sorry. Bloody NHS, it's just ridiculous. I don't know how you're doing it because then you can't feel like that you can bugger off because then you'll just be leaving one person to deal with all of that. Oh, Vicky. Thank you. I'm so thank you for I mean, you know, we've clapped everybody for the NHS work, but I'm just gonna give you a little clap there for everything you're doing. I don't know what department you work on, but it sounds horrendous for you. Sorry. Well, hopefully, hopefully you'll be cheered up by by me. God, how egotistical. I'm so sorry. Um yeah. Also last week, um, I had a wonderful chat with a very good friend of mine. Now, I will be occasionally chatting to people and I will be introducing them onto the podcast. Um, for you, you, I mean, you might care, you might not. Who knows? Doesn't matter to me. I love the sound of my own voice. So I had a wonderful chat with my very good friend, Susan Hanks, who um, is a wonderful, wonderful woman. She has given me the best years of her life. She's been a... a a support to me uh she's been she's held my hand through the best of times she's held my hand through the worst of times and she's now uh after many many years and working very very hard she's now um a radio bbc radio stoke presenter and she's brilliant at what she does um and i had a chat with her last week about how her week had been um, so get yourself a cup of tea, put this on pause if you want to, um, and have a listen to uh, me chatting to the very wonderful Susan Hanks. Susan Hanks, radio DJ extraordinaire, chum of chums, woman of women's. How has your week been, please? Mixed. Oh, interesting. Interesting, isn't it? I would say it's often my weekend in the middle of the week because I'm freelance. I work for myself and probably like a lot of people can relate to at the moment. I sort of have random days off here and there, which I quite like. No complaints about working the weekends because Quite often they're busy and places are full of people that I'd rather not be around. And I just quite <laughs> like in a weekday off. You so miserable you bitch. <laughs> well, there is a little bit of that, isn't there? That did sound very negative, but I quite like sort of having time off when no one else does. It feels, it yeah. makes you feel a bit extra smug, maybe. Yeah, wandering around the shops when every you know everybody else is sort of in their corporate world somewhere and you know you can go and do what you want. There is something smug about that, isn't there? Yeah, I went to Chester yesterday with my mother, and that was lovely. She'd not been before. I've been a few times. We went for something to eat, and um, the waitress was... uh, Well, she brought me the wrong pudding. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. We already know what's going to happen here. It's going to kick off in Chester. Oh, no. What did you order? Well, I I wanted the ice cream. So you choose three scoops and I've gone chocolate, vanilla and chopped chip. Mint. Right. Okay. So what turned up, I started eating it before I realised. And then when Mm. I got to the bottom scoop, it was purple. So I think it was some kind of fruity sorbet. It was quite nice. She added a tip onto the bill without me asking. You know, when they give you an option or do you want to, but she just put it on anyway. So I put it through because I don't mind tipping, but I pointed out to her afterwards that she had given me the wrong dessert. I had eaten it because it was perfectly okay, (laughs) but I felt the need to tell Mm. her because she concentrated on the other table um, where I think she probably thought she was going to get a better tip. Ah, um, she kind of neglected us a little bit. So a bit of my angry side came out, but it was, it's a bit mm. passive aggressive, I will admit. I, I have um, witnessed this before, Susan. Yeah. I'm always a bit cross when I get the wrong pudding. Who wouldn't well, be? would be. Exactly. You've gone chocolate chip, what's it, and you end up with something, some purple shit. Nobody wants that, do they? I wouldn't say it completely ruined my day off because it didn't. Um, oh, but so that was your day. <laughs> <laughs> I've been busy at work. Um, Tell the listener what you do, please. It feels really weird for me to be on the other side of this you, because I'm a presenter on mainly on BBC Radio, and so I'm so used to doing what you're now doing, asking other people questions, that it just feels really strange to do it on the other side. So, oh, stop it! It's like your celebrity, and it's like, and it's like when Graham Norton gets interviewed by someone. You're Graham Norton now. <laughs> Could you do the rest of the interview in an Irish accent, please? <laughs> absolutely not. Okay, fine. <laughs> so I absolutely love my job. Mm. I'm quite happy to be at work. I'm in the rare minority of people that don't mind getting up in the morning and going and doing my job. It's just a bit dicey at the moment because if people have read about local radio, then they might know that um, things are changing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's. I suppose it, if you ask how was my week, it, a little unsettled. I remain ever hopeful. And people keep asking me well what would I do as an alternative if I wasn't in radio my only answer at the moment is only fans um I think there are people out there that would pay to see me eat a trifle all I'm saying I have seen you eat a trifle if I was sexually inclined to be turned on by that Susan the way you suck Mm. on a jelly I tell you even I was ever so slightly moist watching that. There's a market out there for sucking on trifle or whatever it is that you want to do. It's near it in places that you've never thought of before. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? What would you do if you weren't doing what you do what you're doing? That's um OnlyFans. I've met a few people at gigs actually that do the OnlyFans thing. And I find that world, maybe it's because I'm really old now, but I've seen me online and mm. I can't bear looking at me in this onesie, for example. But imagine seeing yourself online whilst having some personal time or jiggling your nipples about. I mean, you've got to really love what you do in that respect, haven't you, Susan? Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, the trifle eating would be fully clothed. <laughs> I mean, in, in reality, this is something I would never do, but 
I do think it's a fascinating world because I work in media, how quickly it's changed over the, I would say, even the last five years. Mm. How people are now content creators and you make your own destiny effectively. Yes, I think you and I were doing that for years anyway, but we just didn't know what we were. I think anyone that started out as actors or comedians, you are creating your own content. There was just no title for it. We were just on the phone to people saying, give us a gig. And photographs off to people of our faces saying, do you think this could appear on Coronation Street at some point? And and now it's a bit more formal than that, isn't it? And, and there's so much more access. So as an alternative to my current career, the real answer is that I don't know what I do. I like event hosting. I do a lot of that. And so... Is that for the dinners? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You get a lot yeah. of dinners in doing Sometimes that. I don't then. negotiate the fee. I just say... Yeah. What's for merely- dinner? I am... Um, like, you've really reminded me of when... Um, when I left drama school and you'd get your 10 by 8 photos and on a Monday this publication called PCR would come out which Mm. was like a a private casting magazine thing and that'd arrive on the Monday and then uh, you'd sit down with your envelopes and your your 10 by 8s and your CV and you'd send it off to everybody and hope as you say somebody would put you on Coronation Street but I invariably I would never read the casting things I would just send the CV off to all of the people as once I applied um, to a disabled theatre company um, and I got a lovely letter back from somebody saying oh you look lovely but essentially you've got two legs so you can't join. Yeah and that hurts doesn't it? Yeah, it, does. Hurts. it does. It doesn't matter where you're being rejected from I mean we're all human inside aren't we no one likes to be told no. No, no, they don't, Susan. And and uh, you've seen me handle things very badly when people have said no to me. And I've equally seen you handle things very appropriately when people say no to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think there might have been a compliment in there. Thanks there was much. actually, yes, there was. Um, I'm just referring back to the time we were in Mexico and we stayed in a like a posh hostel together, um, and then. Um, <laughs> We couldn't pay on our last night. Do you remember? And then, um, ah, yes. yes. And you very decisively and very assertively told the Mexican man behind the counter, no, we are not walking to a cash point at five o'clock in the morning where there's lots of Mexican bad people out there. We'll do it in our own time. Thank you. And now we're going for dinner. That was It was um, arousing the way you handled that. I think we all know the incentive behind that. You, you just gave the clue there. We were about to go to dinner. Mm. I was very angry. I wasn't about to delay my food mm. any longer by walking to the cash point to pay this man just because he wouldn't accept our credit card. If people, I mean, here's a lesson. If people want to mess and have a go, I'm very calm most of the time. You are. It's a very different game if I have any twinge of hunger. Mm. that'd be a warning to the good people if I can take anything from this little chat I will I'll just take that as like a sting on the bottom of the video feed her (laughs) that whatever you do like you know in in parks and things I say please don't feed the pigeons 
I'm going to get a sign that says, just please feed her all of the time. You know, what's really funny, you asked how my week was, and this is a story I told on the radio the other day because it made me howl. My friend has got a cat. He got the cat as a kitten, very, very cute. He's called Ghost. He's got big, white, fluffy fur. He's got a little black patch. And on his beautiful, beautiful little cat. Uh, Slightly aggressive at times, but Mm. aren't we all? And um, there was a period of time where I hadn't seen the cat because he's often out and about as they are. They run their own ship, don't they? And in the time that I'd not seen him, he seemed to have gained a little holiday weight. And I was just really surprised. So every time I talk to my friend now, I say, is he on Slimming World yet? You know, I just try and drop subtle hints to the fact that the cat is a little bit big-furred. Anyway, my friend, I think, is a feeder, which is why we're friends. yeah. And I sort of suggested that perhaps he's feeding him too much, but he took that quite badly. Oh. He has blamed the neighbourhood. And he said, it's not me. The cat has been going to everybody else's house and getting fed. So what he's now done, he's put a label on the cat, but he's handwritten it. So it just looks really aggressive. You know, like if someone sends a ransom note and it's on yeah. outfits from a newspaper mm-hmm. and cornflakes. It looks really offensive. But what he's written on the label on a cat is, please don't feed me. I'm fat. (laughs) (laughs) I've got an own who feeds me. And if you feed me too, it makes me ill. And my owner will keep me indoors and not let me out. And I just thought that was so funny. We had listeners calling in with things that they would then have on their label. Because I think my label would be quite similar. You know, if I had an owner, someone would have to clamp my jaw shut at some point and put a label on me. Maybe said, aggressive when hungry. Um, (laughs) Constantly (laughs) feed me. Send it home. Send it. It wants to (laughs) scare, but it will be grumpy the next day because it will get overtired. It will want another drink, but yeah. send it. Susan is quite the remarkable um, party goer, I would say. We had a we had a lovely was it a Christmas do we had in 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 our local town, and um, there was a DJ that was playing all of and I quote your songs. This is my <laughs> song. This is my song, and she was off dancing to it. Oh, again, this is my song. You you love it, Susan, <laughs> and you have to be led home. Come on, you have to come home now. I wouldn't say, uh, well, maybe you can take the girl out of the party, but you shouldn't. No, no. Was that the night you were you were sick and I held your hair? You I can't remember. The, uh, yeah, I think so. You you threw up in a washing up bowl. No recollection of that at all. No, because we had no. another friend with us who threw up in her tights. That was that was grim. And it was in her tights in your front room, which um, Susan. Now, you say you're working in local radio. And for those that don't know, at the moment, they're making lots of changes um, with local radio. Would you give us a brief rundown of what what is actually happening? Yeah. So it's proposed changes at the moment to network a lot of the shows. So 
And by network, what do you mean by network? Oh, so to make them the shows regional. So instead of a show for Stoke coming out of a Stoke building, there would be one presenter and it gets broadcast from wherever that presenter is, but it gets broadcast to lots of other stations. Ah. So it could be like up to five stations on um, from one show. Oh, wow. And so the strategy is to focus on digital first. There's a lot of unrest at the moment and... I suppose I'm not going to go into it too much. I think a lot of people are really unhappy about it. I mean, least of all us. Well, it's your jobs at the end of the day, isn't it, really? Yeah. And I'm freelance, so I can't apply for any of the jobs that have been advertised. And so I'm effectively, once the schedule changes, I'm gone. Everything Mm. I've been doing. And working towards, because this was my dream. I always wanted to work in radio. And and so everything that I've worked towards will effectively disappear. Mm. So I think a lot of people don't realise how important something is until it's gone. A lot of people, you know, we want to know what happens where we live. People have a real strong identity with where they live now, especially what we hear since the pandemic. Because at the moment where you're shut off from the world, you literally can't go outside your house without justifying it. Mm-hmm. Then you want to know what's happening outside your house and what other people are doing in your little worlds. And it's a way of connecting with people. And I feel this strongly anyway, but radio is a way of connecting with people in no, that no other medium does. It's your mate, it's yeah. your little friend. Order. You can take that friend in the car. You can have that friend at a meal in the evening while you're cooking your tea while you're in the shower it's a really really personal experience to to listen to radio and if people choose to listen to you it's a privilege they're letting you in their kitchen their bathroom their car I think it'd be really sad if it changes irreversibly yeah I think um because I was listening to Jeremy Vine talking about it the other day and he was sort of saying that it's the people up the top and that this happens a lot in a lot of corporations and in a lot of worlds where the people that are sitting in an office somewhere don't have contact with the people at ground level and they don't know the personal impact that you personally make to that audience that you have cultivated. I remember like we used to go for walks in the pandemic and you you were still doing your radio bits and pieces there. And you there was one particular morning, I think a lady had rung in and she was she was on her own and she was lonely and she had nobody else to talk to. And you were the only person that she'd spoken to that day. And that's so invaluable. And I think, as you say, it's like once it's gone, it's gone, isn't it? And that personal connection, well, what do people do when it's just a generic Mm -hmm. person sat in a room talking to thousands and thousands of people as opposed to, as you say, it feels personal. So when does this all get sorted out then? Or or is it going to be sorted out? Or is it just one of those things they talk about forever but never do? It's ongoing at the moment, so I don't know. What I loved as well was when you were saying about that personal interaction was again you're having your dinner and it's all about food isn't it Susan let's let's listen to somebody while you're eating your dinner that's it (laughs) breakfast shows are a huge part of people's day our household the first thing you do in the morning put the radio on because what happened while you were asleep that's there a been... very, very broad question there, Susan. <laughs> you you miss out on big things in life. I do remember, and it would have been, gosh, we've just had the um, the anniversary of the Manchester Arena bombings, yeah. haven't we? And I remember I was doing a breakfast show at the time on my community radio station. And anyone that gets up at 
four in the morning will tell you there's a point where you can't sustain late nights anymore. So I must have gone to bed at, I don't know, half eight the night before. You'd have missed it all then. Yeah. And I woke up in the morning and the first thing you do is you look at your phone because you want to know if anything significant has happened overnight that you need to talk about on the show. And because it was community radio, there's no producer. Everything that is in the output that the listener hears is created by the presenter. And I woke up and I just saw all these messages on Facebook and my instant churning feeling was, I've got loads of friends in Manchester. Because I didn't know the details. I didn't really understand it. I mean, you're a foggy haze of four in the morning and you're trying to compute all of this. And mm. me living in the Moorlands in Staffordshire, I just thought, this isn't just something that affects Manchester. This is people from our area will have gone to see Ariana Grande she's huge there will be teenagers at our local schools that have nipped up to Manchester for the night I'd missed the whole thing woke up to this irreversible world where we now felt threatened on our own doorsteps our teenagers our children were being threatened and I just felt like there was never a more important time to be on the radio not for me but for lots of people, because I was working for two stations at the time, actually. And on the commercial station that I was on, which was in Macclesfield, so even close to Manchester, we, you know, we had a helpline to find people because there were people oh. that hadn't yet been found afterwards. And just so people could mark themselves as safe and that responsibility of reflecting the mood because you can't really sit there and go, great, good morning, everyone, here's Wham. It it wasn't just Manchester in morning. It wasn't just the country. It was the world, because everybody felt what had happened that night was something that had never happened before, and we pray never again. But that's what that's what radio is, isn't it? That, that mm. for me, the news that you hear in the morning is what's going to affect your day, mm. your week, your month your life really however you vote or whatever you do that's going to affect the price mm. of your pie and that's why I think it's important so and tonally you've got you as you say you can't just do like the one show oh gosh or oh, the dog's dead and oh, now chlamydia you can't you you have to find the right tone and I remember um you rang me after your shift and said can I come to your house because all I've been talking about all day is the bomb and the people that have passed away and the people that are still missing. And you didn't know mentally how to handle that because you've been mm. reading out that information or imparting that information all day. And we forget, don't we, that it's the person that's actually delivering that information. It, it, there's such a responsibility on your part to get it right. I think maybe sometimes people think, you know, the voice that you hear, whether it's on a podcast or whether it's on stage or whatever, we're still human at the end of the day, aren't we? And I think, mm. you, yeah, you've, all I wanted to do when I finished my shift was text everybody I knew that lived that way to just make sure they were okay and they hadn't been walking past and and that they were okay mentally because when that's happened down the road, yeah, it, you have to unload. I mean, there are so many jobs, aren't there, that I don't know how people do them and mm. I don't know how they 
home from horrendous shifts during COVID, for example, and I'm mm. not claiming that this is the same thing because it isn't. But there's a part of it where you've dealt with a story that day and it's hard to disassociate sometimes. But I guess that's what mates and the pub are for. Mm. <laughs> Thank <you>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. I'd forgotten that it was the anniversary until I saw it um, on the news. And then you, you sort of like think how much the world has changed since six years ago. And that that moment, that one sp- split moment in time has just affected. It's like back to the future, isn't it? You turn a switch and then everything sort of changed. It's oh. a really strange day now for me as well, because it's the 22nd of May. And I don't just remember that because of the occasion, but it's my nephew's birthday. Oh, the God. Year he was he was born on the 22nd of May. And so, yeah, it's funny, isn't it, when you reflect on life, what you were doing at the time and how the world changes and how you feel about young people and them celebrating their lives and stuff. And again, how was your week? Well, mixed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, mate. Well, I think... Um, I think I'll probably leave it there, Susan, because I wanted to make sort of some sort of glib ending to this. But now um, I don't think it's um, appropriate, really, <laughs> is it? After that it's very serious chat, it's very rare that Susan and I chat quite seriously, really. Normally well, we, we just... We chat seriously, we just can't remember it the next day because if yeah. ever we get to meaningful, it's usually after the ninth pint. And yeah. so we should record those moments or... Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> um, Susan Hanks, I love you very much and thank you so much for uh, telling me about your week. It's a pleasure. Susan Hanks there talking about her week, which, um, oh, I mean, as I said earlier, there's me waffling on about how tedious my week has been. But then you forget, don't you, that there's so much more going on in the world other than the tedium of whether I've had a good gig or not. Um, Susan, wonderful lady. Now, listen, if you've enjoyed the waffling on, if you've enjoyed the interview, if you've enjoyed any of this, then please, will you do me a favour? Will you please share these episodes? There'll be more coming up. I'd like to hear from you. I want to know what you want to know more of. I want to know what you want to hear less of. Please don't say me because otherwise this would be pointless. Um, I want you to get in touch. I want you to tell me how your week has been. And you can do that by emailing me on info at lewconran.com. If you want some extras, if you want to be part of the gang, then you'll, well, you'll get me messaging you, which is always a delight. I'm so lonely. Um, You'll be part of uh, an exclusive gang of wonderful people. And you can join that crew by joining www.com patreon.com forward slash Lou Conran comedian. But listen, this has been the first Waffly episode. Let's continue. Let's see what happens. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 